You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. Wow, I got pretty fired up. I apologize. It's Friday night. It's wild out there, folks. I could use a beer or something, but I don't drink anymore. I only drank a couple times since February 13th. That's when we found out my... uh, wife was pregnant and one of the things i read about was resentment can get you in fights you know if i could drink and she can't drink that could lead to a fight i said i'm going to get rid of all all chances at fights here i don't want any disagreements so i didn't drink the only time i had a couple of drinks when i was in poland uh her father makes whiskey and he makes uh, lemoncello and he makes sherry and he makes wine and so I was told I had to drink with him or that could lead to a fight. So I did that there, but I don't drink anymore, folks. So as much as I want to have a beer or a glass of wine, I, I don't even do it. I don't do it. Thank God, because you can't launch a podcast if you're, uh, if you're throwing back the sauce, folks. It just doesn't, uh, doesn't work. you got to be on your game at all times. All right. I'm over at this article military uh, at military.com. But first, actually, you know what? Let me show you this video I found before we get into that. This is just a three-minute clip. And this guy we are looking at here, let me just pull this up if I can find it here. Okay, so the gentleman you're about to hear from, this is over at researchprofiles.anu.edu.au. It's the Australian National University. And this is Dr. Adam uh, Henschke, Senior Lecturer in National Security, National Security College, Coral Bell School of Asia, uh, Asia Pacific Affairs. And just quickly... Uh, His current research grants include Australian Department of Defense Strategic Policy Grants Program Confronting Foreign Interference and Cyber War Challenges, ARC Discovery Grant Intelligence and National Security Ethics, uh, Efficacy and Accountability, and ANU Grand Challenge, Our Health in Our Hands. And so I, I don't need to go into depth with this guy, but he's the real deal. And so let me just show you this short video uh, of what he's talking about as it relates to these super soldiers. And then we're going to jump back to the military.com article because I want to show you a document I came across that's very important. I haven't had time to analyze the whole thing, but it's now on my radar. I'll probably toss it over to Maria Albanese and return her the favor because she is always dumping stuff on my desk as if I have all day to go through it. But no, she appreciates it because about 80% of what she throws at me we do cover here at the show because it complements the research that I've been doing and I appreciate everything Maria does to help us with uh, the content and with production. But let's watch this quick video here. Human enhancement technologies are being researched into ways in which we can change the very nature of our us as humans and this has important impacts on soldiers and the ways in which we fight wars okay so he's talking about human enhancements soldiers and the way we're going to fight wars as examples of technologies that are being researched at the moment exoskeletons and prosthetics these involve adding mechanical means or new limbs to amputees and others to increase their strength and endurance 
Okay, so he's talking about exoskeletons and prosthetics, actually adding prosthetic limbs to amputees to make them stronger. So is it to cure them and allow them to hug their child, as we saw uh, in the video yesterday, or is it going to be to basically turn them into terminators? All right, that's a question we have now. An endurance such as the tactical assault light operator suit. So he's talking about the Talos suit. You know all about that because we've covered it now for a couple of days. We have cognitive enhancements. These involve pharmaceuticals, brain stimulation, electronic brain stimulation, and other means. Okay, so you heard about that, the, the, the pharmaceuticals, right? All these enhancements, uh, electric, electronic brain stimulation and such. And then you know all about the pain vaccines and the magnets in the bloodstream and the hibernation shots. To reduce the need for sleep and increase the capacity to operate under stress. Right, so now they're talking about, you know, we saw that in some other articles as well, to reduce, uh, you know, if you and I joined, they don't want us to sleep all the time, and also to lower our stress levels, basically totally modifying a human being. There's also some interest in changing nutrition and eating. Oh, wait until you hear this. Listen closely, listen closely. Some of the more extreme examples of this are changing someone's stomach, so that they can digest cellulose, which means that soldiers can eat grass. Right, so changing a human's stomach so that the human can eat grass. So you're gonna join the military, right? Or send your son or daughter to join the military. Let's just take this at face value. And they're going to say, hey, do you mind if we cut out your stomach and replace it with another stomach of a cow so that you can digest grass and cellulose? And then we're going to jack you up with shots so that you don't feel pain, you don't have any stress. We're going to jab you with magnetic particles that run through your bloodstream so that you can use a magnet to patch the gunshot to your chest and then we're going to have other drugs running through your system that allows you to hibernate for 30 days and then we want to put a brain interface in your head that allows you to interact with and communicate directly with other soldiers using your brain power meanwhile we'd like to cut off one of your arms so we can give you a superhuman terminator arm and then the rest of your body will be equipped with an exoskeleton Iron Man suit that, uh, don't worry, don't worry, it conforms to you personally. You're going to send your son or daughter into this Frankenstein army? Folks, you ask yourself why they're sending in the uh, transgender gender benders now. Oh, this is that the, they are the gateway into transhumanism. Don't ever forget that. Swapping genders and such. The whole idea is to dehumanize humans to the point where you're willing to accept the merger of yourself with machine. That is the whole point. Come on, guys. Seriously, like you're going to send your kid or grandkid into this military. That is patriotism. 
listen, son, you're not patriotic unless you let the military doctors cut out your stomach and replace it with a cow's stomach so you can digest grass. That's how you're going to stand up and defend your constitution from enemies foreign and domestic. (laughs) Outrageous. Outrageous, folks. It's not you, okay? Don't ever look in the mirror and blame yourself for being completely disgusted with your government and at this point with your country. It's them. They changed, not us. They are the monsters. If you still operate under some form of ethics and morality, you are a true human, a human with real compassion. These people are psychos, psychopaths, literally running the uh, U.S. military island of Dr. Moreau. Let's continue. In terms of enhancement and ethics, there's been a lot of ethical interest in enhancement for a while. Some of the the general concerns that people have around enhancement are changing our very nature as humans. Oh yeah, that would be an ethical concern. Changing the very nature of humans. Yeah, I would say that's an ethical concern on my part at least. If we enhance ourselves such that we're no longer the same as we are now, are we still human? This has... Yeah, are we still human? I don't know. If you GNA splice me with a cow, I'm not sure I'm a human anymore. No, I would say no. It's an important potential impact in terms of warfare and military practice, because if our enemies see us as no longer human, then they might be treating us quite differently. For instance, if you see someone in an exoskeleton coming to attack you, you might not think of them as human and you might not afford them the the normal concern that one gives to a a soldier in in war. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I have to pause that. So do you see what this guy who studies this and lectures on this talks about one of the major concerns is? If you genetically modify a human into the Incredible Hulk and then strap him up with an Iron Man suit, so he is now not even a human, he's an alien in an exoskeleton, coming at you, let's say you're a human, and let's say you're able to uh, defeat him, take him down, you're able to subdue him and, uh, and handcuff him somehow, I don't know, with a, with a hundred foot parachute cord or something. This guy's concern, he's saying, in the industry is whether or not that person is going to be afforded the same rights as a human. How about the concern that you're doing this in the first place? What about the concern that you're going to send alien mutants in exoskeleton suits to go kill other humans? How about that's the freaking concern? The concern is, will that person who volunteered to be in the military, who's now genetically modified, walking around in an Iron Man costume with the superpowers of Wolverine, if he gets captured, is he going to be afforded the same rights as a human? What about the humans that you're killing with the Wolverine that you created in the laboratory at DARPA or at the CIA or over at NASA or at Fort Detrick? How about that one? What about the concerns for those people? This is unbelievable. Seriously, absorb this because that's what these psychos are thinking about. And that, and that's not even what they're concerned about. That's so they can say to you, listen, Billy, listen, Grace, chill out out there in the audience. Calm down, calm down. We're going to turn your son into Captain America. But if he's captured, you don't have to worry about 
them not treating him like a human, even though he's not a human. So sign your kid up right here. We'll get him in here. We'll send him off to boot camp. And then don't worry, he's got a stellar career in the Army. We're going to turn him into Wolverine. Yeah, we're going to implant some metal claws inside of his hands. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If he's captured, they're going to treat him like a human because we're going to have an international treaty called Mutants Are People Too. Ladies and gentlemen, mutants' lives matter. Can you believe this? I mean, could you believe that we are here in this moment, that I'm actually talking about this with an audience? I don't believe it, folks. I don't believe this stuff is even real. I mean, I believe it's real, but I can't believe I'm here. I'm stuck in the matrix. I think they're just running crazy programs on me. Every time I think we get a couple steps ahead, then I find something even crazier to show you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I need a sip of tea. This is Dustin Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, and this is pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to Pain.tv slash gold, ladies and gentlemen, slash gold. If you're going to join, visit Pain.tv slash gold. All right, all right, all right, all right. Where are we at, folks? (laughs) Seriously, I feel like I'm in a nightmare over here sometimes. So we're listening to Dr. Adam Henschke over here from the Australian National University of Hell. All right, let's continue with this, folks. Let's continue and see what else, what other nuggets we could pick up from this gentleman here. For them, the the normal concern that one gives to a a soldier in, in war. Another set of concerns come from informed consent where we worry about whether the subject of, a, of research or the receiver of enhancement can effectively give consent to this. Well, well, I don't know. I don't know about that, folks. He's asking. Now, his other concern is whether the receiver of the enhancements, the one that they will inject with the Incredible Hulk juice, the one whose DNA will be spliced, the one who will be genetically modified, the one who will be turned into Wolverine, um, is he going to get informed consent on this? I don't know. In the military, don't they effectively own you? I mean, they could force you to get vaccines if you don't stay in. So how does this work? How does this work? Let's see if he has any answers for us. This is particularly interesting or relevant in the military context because militaries have hierarchical command structures and soldiers are told to follow commands quite often uh, without the need to question those commands. Okay, so there you go. He admits exactly what we're saying here. So in the military, I don't know. Can you say, no, I don't want to be shot up with the marvel juice i don't want the marvel superhero juice i don't know if you're allowed to do that if they say listen we want to give you the dna of god and turn you into thor and we're going to strap a uh, hammer you know to your hand it'll be glued and fused in there so that you don't drop it we don't want you to drop it because you are a weakling um are you allowed to say no to this 
I don't know. I mean, let's take it as like a worldwide scenario outside of a military setting. Uh, let, well, let's just look at the United States. Let's say, let's say the citizens were told that a um, that there was an outbreak of something. I don't know, like COVID, maybe. Let's just take COVID for instance, and then they started scaring everyone into lining up in the parking lots of the local school that was closed down because of COVID land, the high school theater production, and then they got people to shove you know, 18-inch Q-tips up into their brain and tickle it. And then eventually they rolled out, uh, you know, just doing this all out out in the public, right? Uh, and then, then they rolled out a, a jab and they told everyone to go get that. And some companies forced it and told people they'd lose their jobs. The government forced it on their employees and contractors. And so all these people just went and got it. Let's say there was some kind of genetic modification enhancement inside of that jab. Um, you know, it's just in a normal setting, not a military set. Oh, wait a second. I forgot. This was all rolled out via Operation Warp Speed by President Trump that was run by the military. Oh, so I guess it was kind of a military operation. But everyone did get informed consent, right? They read you all the ingredients that were inside the jab, at least the ingredients that are printed on the label that you're supposed to know about. But then again... How do we know what's really inside the jab? I don't know. I would have to trust our government, the very government that continually lies to us, the very government invested in most of Silicon Valley, if not all of it, the very government that funds people like Peter Thiel, the very government that funds people like Ray Kurzweil, the very government that funds people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Sergey Brin, and the rest of the gang. That government, I'm supposed to believe... And so the pharmacist or the volunteer worker or the nurse or the doctor who reads me my informed consent, if I ask for it, in most cases, the majority of people I know don't even know what informed consent is. They just pulled up in front of a school and got jabbed in the arm without asking any questions. How do you know it was in there? And when people tell me my doctor said it was safe, I said, really, did your doctor take the vial before he put it in your arm and dump it under his super microscope and look at what's inside that? that uh that vial of liquid no i don't think so nor do i think he has the skills to actually do that nor do i think he would know what he's looking for so i don't know did something like this happen on a mass scale maybe it was a military operation it turned out later that the government and the companies couldn't force people to do it but it was too late because everyone that was going to cave and take it already did and now what are people going to do about it? Because it falls under the vaccine makers and you can't really sue them because under President Ronald Reagan, we created the vaccine company's uh, legal um, protection for this thing. You can't really sue them if anything goes wrong, nor would you ever know anything's going to go wrong because there's no doctor in the world that's going to tell you that the cancer you now have or the heart problems you now have or the rash you now have or the stroke that you had was caused by the vaccine. Nobody's going to dare do that since all of them are out there pimping and selling the vaccine. Crazy stuff, folks, when you think about what these people are doing to humanity. Let's continue. Another more important or more relevant set of concerns around enhancement in the military context build off the notion of uh, enhancing someone's cognition and then their capacity to follow the laws of armed conflict. 
Right. So enhancing their cognition and then their uh, ability to follow the laws of armed conflict. Right. Like I'm sure if they create Wolverine, he's going to be concerned about the laws of armed conflict. How about the laws of armed conflict that says you don't build Incredible Hulk and release him on the humans? How about that one? Are there any are there any rules about that? Are there any rules about merging some soldier's uh, DNA with an elephant's DNA and then he's running around as some elephant man, you know, stomping on people and crushing them? Are there laws about that and the rules of engagement? I don't know. Someone from the military would have to come on and explain this to me because I am no expert. I am no expert. Because if you change the way someone thinks, this can also change the way in which they follow or how they follow the laws of armed conflict. And this is, of course, quite important. Oh, yeah, I'd say it's quite important, yeah. If you uh, genetically modify someone into Count Dracula and then release him onto the battlefield and he starts flying down out of the sky and biting people on the neck and eating children and you go, oh, my God, he's not even following the laws of conflict. Well, of course, he's not even a human anymore. He's not even a human anymore. But, of course, these are all the ethical concerns that these very ethical and moral people are going to discuss. Maybe they'll bring a couple of Catholic uh, priests in there who will help uh, guide them on their path to morality and ethics. If we look at the history of enhancement, it goes back a long way. Uh, the use of nutrition and training to increase the capacity to win a war. More recently, we can see the use of amphetamines uh, during World War II and after that to give soldiers the capacity to fight you know, days on end for pilots to fly long flights. The final thing to say is this is not necessarily a new concern. We've got worries about the way in which soldiers are treated generally, humanitarian concerns about soldiers and civilians. What these new enhancement technologies do is shine a new light on these existing concerns and also force us to think about the ways in which we use new technologies and the research conducted around them. Yeah, okay, right. So as he's saying, oh, don't worry, there's really no new concerns. No new, these are old concerns, but now it's shining a light on these concerns. So you have to ask yourself, if the concerned people are concerned, are the ones who are not concerned going to be concerned that the concerners are concerned? And if the concerners aren't concerned, then we have to have a committee about concerning whether or not they concern whether or not he or she is concerned about the concerning. But let's say we have someone on the panel who has been genetically modified and they're not actually a human sitting on the panel, then does their concern matter more and less, more or less than that of the concerned? Because the unconcerned might be concerned with the genetically modified human who doesn't have any concern for the concern and if the scientist is genetically modified and he does not have any fear or ethics or morals or remorse as vladimir putin sort of put it then is that person going to be concerned about injecting someone with a needle that genetically modifies them all i know folks is that i'm concerned you should be concerned that these people are even talking about whether or not they are or are not concerned. Do you get that? Was that a little bit confusing? I know it was for me. I know it was for me. And that's why I'm actually quite concerned. Because the fact that you and I are even talking about this, people with no power whatsoever, is quite concerning, <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
crazy stuff, folks. I've told you I had some wild stuff for you. So now just think about them replacing your stomach with one that can eat grass. Maybe we're all going to get that technology. That's probably what it's for. They're probably building us stomachs that, uh, a stomach of a toad they're going to give us that can handle eating crickets all day. (laughs) Welcome to the fourth industrial revolution, folks. It is quite fun. All right, we're over at military.com. Let me get that guy out of my head because I'm going to be having a nightmare tonight about having my stomach replaced with a cow's stomach so I can eat grass all day. All right, military.com. This says right here, uh, the future U.S. military super soldier may be closer than we think. And this article says, the explosive popularity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe led some in the defense industry to pursue Iron Man-like combat suits for American troops, as you know. While there are some viable prototypes in the works, it looks like we may get Captain America's Super Soldier program first. Though it may not look like the process that Steve Rogers went through, that is Captain America, it may be coming within the next 30 years. In this week's episode of Left of Boom, Military.com's managing editor, Hope Hodge Sec, talks to Dr. Peter Emanuel and Dr. Diane Deulius about a 2019 paper they co-authored for the U.S. Army Cyborg Soldier 2050. And that I will be showing you. The Chinese paper that we mentioned in the other article on BBC I'm going to get to in the next uh, couple of days. But this one we're going to look at briefly today. And so this is a podcast that went on. I have not listened to this yet in full disclosure i have not listened to it but i am going to this weekend and if it is good we will review it as well i have a feeling there's going to be some great tidbits in there some breadcrumbs for us so let me just continue reading this before i open the paper it says the paper which i'm going to open discusses a defense department biotechnologies for health and human performance council study group You got that Defense Department Biotechnologies for Health and Human Performance Council. Wow. Study group. That looked at emerging tech that could enhance human biological abilities across many areas of interest to the Defense Department. See that? It looked at emerging technology that could enhance human biological abilities across many areas of interest to the Department of Defense. These included technological enhancements to vision, hearing, muscular control, and, quote, direct neural enhancement of the human brain for two-way data transfers, end quote. Where have you heard that before? Direct neural enhancement of the human brain for two-way data transfers. Elon Musk has talked about that, where you don't actually have to talk to another human, that you will transfer data packets back and forth via your Neuralink brain chip. Okay, It says now super soldiers could end up being Captain America with a touch of Johnny Mnemonic just 30 years from now. And it's not just 30 years from now. It is much closer, folks. 
I know I have to take a quick break, and you should be concerned about that, quite concerned, folks. I know I'll be concerned that I have to leave you for a moment, but maybe while we're on break, I can pass some data back and forth to you via our brain interface installed by the United States military. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be right back. This is Dustin Gold. This is a wild ride here at the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 